Today, I'm talking to a woman who has made it her mission to help us all work smarter, not harder. Because while there's no escaping the fact that we all have to tidy and clean our homes, get the washing organised, and do all of the million other things that come with having a household and often kids, pets and the rest, there really is so much more to life than that. Yet it can sometimes feel really overwhelming. And it's not just the physical act of doing the housework, it's also the mental load of keeping everything running smoothly. The house admin, putting the bins out, sending out birthday cards, making sure the kids have done their homework and all of the other things that go on top of that. It is a lot. And the truth is that a lot of this still lands on the shoulders of women. And of course, I've got a personal interest in this because I want my clients to have the time to be able to look after themselves as well. And I think if we can get the house sorted and if we can keep that running smoothly, then it just gives us that little bit more time to look after ourselves. So thank goodness for the people who are out there to help us navigate all of this, just like today's fabulous guest. Welcome to the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness podcast, bringing you a weekly dose of fitness and wellness inspiration as we explore together how to get motivated and create a realistic and achievable way to stay active within a busy life while stepping away from guilt and the diet roller coaster for good. Together, we'll unpack some of the myths and unhelpful messages from the traditional fitness and diet industry so that you can find a better, kinder, more helpful way to fit exercise and wellness strategies into your life, improve your confidence and feel amazing. I'm your host, women's fitness and wellbeing coach, Alex Hubble, founder of ChickFit, mum of two, and a firm believer that exercise and eating well can go hand in hand with chocolate, wine, and lots of rest to create a happy life. You can find out more about me at chickfit.co.uk or head to my social media channels at alexchickfit. So welcome back to a brand new episode of the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness. Now, as you know, I don't just talk about fitness on this show, because I know that I can't talk about all of that to you in isolation. We can make all these amazing promises to ourselves about the exercises we're going to do and the things we're going to try and cram into our lives and the self-care we're going to do. But this is usually easier said than done, which is why I like to bring a wider perspective and consider all areas of your life, because everything we have going on has a knock-on effect on literally everything else. And one of the inescapable facts of life is cleaning, tidying, and keeping our homes feeling organized. Personally, I can't fully relax until I've got a tidy, organized home myself, which is why I'm delighted today to welcome Gemma Bray, aka The Organized Mum, onto the show. She is a Sunday Times bestselling author and over the last 15 years has helped to revolutionize the lives of thousands of people by helping them to structure their housework and their daily lives. She helps them to do this through The Organized Mum Method and The Organized Time method, both of which are designed to help parents around the world free themselves from the overwhelm. I cannot wait to dive in. So Gemma, a huge welcome. I'm so delighted to have you on the show. It's lovely to be here. It's so exciting. Now, first of all, I want to talk a little bit about where this all came from, because I think that a lot of people are going to kind of resonate with this story, because I know that you like created this method because you were feeling anxiety yourself. So tell us a bit more about that. Okay, so it all started. So my eldest child is 15 and a half, so almost 16, Mm -hmm. um, slap bang in the middle of his GCSEs at the moment. And Mm -hmm. it all started when he was born. So a long time ago, like when you think about the social media world, and Mm -hmm. I created the Organised Mum Method initially because I just felt so overwhelmed with everything. Mm -hmm. 
So I think a lot of people could probably identify with this. I went through my first pregnancy. I was very naive. I, you know, I'd gone into, you know, all the typical baby shops. The nursery looked amazing. I'd mm -hmm. washed, folded, refolded everything, you know. I was convinced that I was going to have this cherub-like child and I was going <laughs> to snap back into my jeans, you know. Yeah. No, there was lots of things that nobody ever told me. So I went off. I, I went off to the hospital to have my baby and um, came back. And the difference between both the state of my house and the state of my mind before and after mm. was just like night and day. Like I always laugh and say it looked like Primark in the sales. Mm. You know, there was just burping cloths everywhere, nappies everywhere. And I just... I'd had a bit of a traumatic delivery. I didn't really know what, because none of us do, because babies don't come with a handbook, do they? Mm -hmm. I didn't know what I was doing. So I felt quite traumatized. And I then started to develop anxiety because I was convinced that I was somehow doing this wrong. Because my whole pregnancy, I'd been fed these romantic ideas that, you know, you get back into white jeans because mm -hmm. that's what they do in magazines, right? And like, you know, why are you having, you know, why are you struggling? So I convinced myself, subconsciously, um, I'm convinced that if my house looked tidy on the outside, then everybody would assume that I had it all together on the inside. So my anxiety started to manifest itself with overcleaning and I would spend hours every day cleaning. And it got to the point where I luckily recognized that it was, I was getting into very unhealthy patterns and I wasn't going to see my NCT friends or anything like that because I'd convinced myself that I couldn't go if my house, I didn't want to come back to a, a messy house. Um, and it was my health visitor actually who visited and you know how they do that, that form. And they say on a scale of one to 10, how many times you cry a day. And I, I just like, lied the whole way through. I'm fine, yeah. I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. And she just sort of went, are you? I went, no, I'm not, I'm not fine. And she she was so kind to me. And she said, look, as long as you're you're healthy and happy and your baby is safe, healthy, happy, well-fed, mm. everything else is just sprinkles on your cupcake. And it was just such a pivotal moment. Like everything, I just I felt like she'd given me this permission to be imperfect. Um, so I then sat down at my kitchen table and came up with this way to just do 30 minutes of cleaning every day, mm. which meant that I could then go out and have fun with my friends. I could enjoy my, my baby and it just kind of worked. And I stuck with it. And then when Thomas, the, the same baby was, uh, this is going back a few years ago, we were at New Year's Eve one night and we were like sharing resolutions and he dared me to talk about this on social media and I was just like, mm. no, like that. <laughs> like, I hadn't, I didn't even have an Instagram account. I didn't even know what it, I knew what it was, but I yeah. hadn't ever done it. And I fully expected, I fully expected it just to fizzle out in like 10 mm. weeks. And the irony is like, I think it's like six or seven years later, my, the thing I always say, there's more to life and housework, but I seem, that's all I ever seem to talk about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Just the sheer irony of my life. <laughs> so that's where it came from. And you know, I think loads of people did identify with it, this feeling of overwhelm. What do I do now? I, I'm a parent. Help. Everything just feels mm. alien. Mm. 
and yeah, I think that's that's why it resonates with a lot of people. Oh God, yeah, you know, and I've been there myself, and I, you know, I think there's this this kind of funny funny thing around um, that postnatal period where you know, as a when you've been through it yourself, you're kind of told, oh, don't you know, don't don't tell the new mums all the nitty gritty details. They don't need to know. They don't need to know what the birth is going to be like, and that it could be awful, and that they might not get their birth plan, and that this might happen, and that afterwards you might feel like this. Like, you know, don't do that. Don't. But because we don't talk about that sometimes I think that it when you are in that place you're like oh my god why does nobody else feel like I feel why did nobody tell me that it was actually going to be like this because we tend to sugarcoat it and you know and I think I think yeah I I get that you don't want to like be telling everybody all of the nitty-gritty details but at the same time we kind of don't do enough quite enough of it I don't think because so I'd always when I was younger, I was blessed with a very flat stomach. No matter what I did, mm. remained washboard abs. It was like my yeah. pride and joy, right? I had this nine and a half pound baby. I thought I'd escaped pregnancy without any stretch marks. Gave birth, realized that all my stretch marks were actually underneath my bottom. <laughs> so all of a sudden, so within this, the first time I went for like the first post-birth shower, I was stood there in my maternity pants and bra and I just cried. Yeah. And the midwife was like, are you all right? What's happened? I was like, what's happened to my stomach? And she was like, what do you mean? I was like, it's not flat. And she's like, no, it won't be flat. Probably for a while, if ever. And I was just like, (laughs) why did no one tell me? It was just little things like that. If I'd have been prepared, I'd have been all right. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's that it takes ages for your tummy to go anywhere near back to normal. Because same as you, like I've always, I've always had quite a flat tummy, just because that's the shape of my body. I tend to, you know, tend to have more fat on my thighs, my hips. My tummy's always been nice and flat. So, uh, yeah, after you have a baby, you're like, what? This is like this is the best bet. Why? Why have you taken this away from me? Um, So yeah, that could be no, and it's and it is. It's that kind of cumulative effect all of those little things that then lead you to a place where you're like oh my god what like what is going on why has my life changed so much so mm. yeah I think it's I think it's really important to you know to, to sort of get a give mums the reality of it but also like give them the tools because I think that um you know we're all we're all struggling in some respects whether it's the housework whether it's our bodies or you know whatever it is we've all got our thing yeah. haven't we, that we stress about so when you actually talk to the people who who kind of use your methods, what do you find is the thing that they are struggling with the most? What why is it that they are kind of attracted to this method? What do they need help with? There's two things really. There's the sheer sense of overwhelm, and I think the two things actually. The, the second thing that I'm about to say feeds into the first. We are bombarded by so much information about how we should be living our lives. You know, even. Like what, how, how you should be eating, how you, how your house should look, how you should look, that people are just so confused Mm. and like rabbits in the headlights, not knowing. I don't, like, I don't, they, they literally come to me like, I don't know what to do. I, I feel completely startled by life and I don't know where to start. And very often, if, say, for example, what they're struggling with is they feel like the housework has got out of control or the house has got, you know, they, they feel overwhelmed with the state of their house. It's very, very often a symptom of something else that's in their life, something yeah, sure. else that's happening. So like whether they're going through a marriage breakdown or they've just had triplets or, you know, it's never just, oh, I just can't bother to do any cleaning and I haven't really been yeah. bothered to do any cleaning for the past three months. It's never that. It's always like I'm caring for my 
elderly dad and I'm so tired at the end of the day that I just want to go to sleep. So people overwhelmingly are just tired, especially at the moment. I speak to so many parents who after the last 18 months, two years, oh God, yeah. have just been on in survival mode mm-hmm. and are just tired and have convincing themselves they're just lazy. I'm like, no, are you just tired? Because mm. we're all tired at the moment, I think. And then they're bombarded by these images of perfection on social media or, or wherever mm. and end up feeling really less than. Yeah. And it's just a vicious cycle that like a downward spiral really yeah I think you know I definitely relate to that with a lot of my clients as well you know when it comes to exercise for example and, and they'll come to me and they again like they just don't know where to start they're like, I know what I should be doing you know I know what's good for me I know you know but the act of doing it is so hard and you know sometimes when I, I say to them well how about if you start with one workout a week they're like oh yeah like, I'd ne- like almost it hasn't crossed our minds because we're told that, well, to make it worthwhile, you, surely you've got to work out at least four times a week, right? And you've got to go for it. But I'm saying to them, well, let's start small. Let's, you know, we've got, I, I've got a big thing about helping women to calm the nervous system a little bit, because I think that, like you say, it's always a symptom. If you're not exercising regularly, it's a symptom of something else. It's not because you haven't got willpower or because you rubbish it going to the gym or whatever it's because there's something else going on in your life that's stopping you from doing that so yeah I think that's really important is you know we we tend to try and address the symptoms rather than addressing yeah. like the root cause of it absolutely so, like you just like you just said then people very often think it's either all or nothing 100 yes. or not percent and yeah I'm, I'm always saying to people you know good enough is good enough perfect mm. doesn't exist it 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 doesn't matter if you only we do 30 minutes of cleaning every day, Monday to Friday. It doesn't matter if you only do 20 minutes today. Mm. It's better than no minutes. Yes. And it will put you in a better place tomorrow. And then it's a cumulative effect, isn't it? Mm. It's like with workouts, like if you start with one workout, you're getting your stride, you think, well, you know what, I might add in another. And yeah. it just slowly builds on what you've done before. And I think if you go in at it 100%, like I am going to clean my house from top to bottom today, yeah. And when the kids get back from school, it's going to be immaculate. We're just going to tire yourself out. Like you wouldn't go, I'm going to run a marathon on Saturday. Yeah. Have exactly. you done any training? Yeah. No, but I'm sure it'll be fine. <laughs> like you wouldn't, you wouldn't approach it like that. So absolutely little and often works. Yeah, definitely. So if somebody out there is feeling really overwhelmed right now by all the stuff they've got to do and, you know, keeping their houses organized, what for you is the first step in that process? What's the first step to getting more in control of that? So it's really difficult and it's really icky. It can feel really awkward, Mm. but it's to sit down and write a list of your current priorities and to the same way you would sprinkle in your house Mm. is sprinkling your your task list and a lot of people struggle with it so I always say to them look ask yourself what would happen if you didn't do it like what's the worst that can happen if you don't bake the cakes for the Christmas fair or the summer fair at school or the the, the lady from the the class rep might be a bit cross Mm. okay what would happen if you burn out and you end up in bed for two weeks oh that would be really bad but okay well what's worse let's pick the pick the lesser of two evils here and that is you only have 24 hours a day Mm. I always say to look at people to look at money like cash you can't save time it's a non-renewable resource you can't bank it for a rainy day like you would do cash so if you're spending an hour of your precious time doing something that you don't want to do you hate you're only doing it because you feel obliged it isn't actually that necessary you've got to look at it and go well, I'm actually taking that time away from this. I could be out with my kids. I could be working out. I could be 
having a bath or reading a book, but instead I'm off with Mavis. I always think of names. I'm trying, <laughs> definitely trying not to offend anyone. Instead I'm off with Mavis decorating cakes and I hate decorating cakes and I'm the only one in the class that ever does it. Yeah, it, It's really awkward to start turning stuff down. Mm. But if you are in a place where you've got 28 hours worth of stuff and you're trying to cram it in 24 hours worth of time, something's got to give. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally always say that to my clients as well. I think, you know, the thing you said about priorities is really important because I think, you know, we might say to ourselves, I need to do this thing. And it keeps falling off the bottom of the list all the time. You're like, why am I not getting around to this thing? I don't understand why I'm not getting it done. And it's because you're you know, your priorities have maybe got a bit confused and they're a bit all over the place. And, you know, that's such a great tip to like to write it down and say, well, actually, what is my priority right now? And, you know, maybe knocking off the couple of things that come bottom (laughs) for you or recognizing that you are putting something right at the bottom of the list that actually needs to come a bit higher up, whether that's your self-care or, Mm -hmm. you know, having more time with your kids or whatever that might be. Um, So, yeah, I really like that tip. I think that's a really good one. So I think the other thing as well is that I think, sometimes knowing where to start is is the hardest thing but I think also it's when you're so overwhelmed and you've gone so you're so far gone past it and you feel like you've so totally lost control it's the idea that you you know once you put in this bit of groundwork you're going to actually be able to maintain it for the long term. And I think some people just don't even start. It's like, oh my God, even if I start, it's not going to, I'm just not going to be able to keep it going. So what is it about your method that helps people to like really, you know, keep that going and keep kind of in control? Well, I say in control, as much in control as we can feel um, of, of all of that stuff. So there's a massive difference between motivation and momentum. Yeah. So people will say to me, I've lost all motivation. And I think if you sort of shift the perspective slightly, and I always look at it from this point of view, motivation and momentum are like little bedfellows, Mm. right? But motivation doesn't hang around. Motivation does one job, which is to light the fire, the spark that Mm. gets you excited to want to start a new project or do something, clear the house out, you know, start um, eating healthy or whatever. Momentum is the little guy that sits on your shoulder and stays the, the distance with you and mm. helps you carry on doing it. So if pe- when people are at that stage where they're just like, help, I mm-hmm. li- I'm spinning around in circles, either, you know, metaphorically or literally, I, I don't know where to start here. Then I will say, well, just do a little bit. Don't let motivation fool you into thinking that you can do this and like click your fingers and all of a sudden I am now going to live in my active wear and I am just going to be one of those fitness people Mm. you know it doesn't work like that or all of a sudden I'm going to wake up and my house is going to be like a show home forever Mm. you have to work at it it's about building habits and the only way to do that effectively is to do it regularly not every day because that's not realistic because life happens right but as much as possible so try and stay in the habit so if you are just committing if you commit to do 30 minutes of cleaning monday to friday and you can only you only did five minutes today that doesn't matter you did five minutes stay in the habit show up show up tomorrow maybe you do eight minutes tomorrow and what i found is when people start to see that improvement or that progress Mm. motivation comes back a little bit and sparks you up and it keeps that momentum 
turning. So mm. I would definitely be saying, take before and after pictures, keep a diary, like, how are you improving? Make a note of stuff and look back on it and just think, actually, I've, I've actually done quite a lot of groundwork here. And another thing I always, I saw this analogy ages ago, and I, I don't know, I've tried to find out who originally did it, but I'm, I'm sure you've heard of it, but it's like a, the toilet roll analogy. So you, mm. you start off with like a toilet roll, a full toilet roll, and you just tear off one piece every day. Mm-hmm. regularly just one little sheet of toilet roll and at first it doesn't look like you'll make it doesn't look any different the toilet roll's not getting any thinner but eventually you start to notice that that toilet roll is getting smaller and your little pile of toilet roll sheets is getting higher and there's a tipping point when you think you know what actually these little bits are making a difference so I always just encourage people just to keep going at a pace that they can maintain yes so don't go off at 100 miles an hour and try and just hold back and just mm. be realistic with what you're able to do because then you'll stick at it all right it's like listening to myself <laughs> so I'm always to people about exercise <laughs> is like can you stop going at 100 miles an hour because it's not going to work you're going to go for it you're going to feel amazing for three weeks and then you'll just completely stop yeah. let's start yeah. start smaller start with the little things and you know similar to what what you were saying you know I always say motivation is what gets you going habit is what keeps you going afterwards because mm-hmm. it's you know, what, what you need to do is build a habit into your life because then you, you stop thinking about it. Your brain wants you to make life as easy as possible. So it will always revert back to what's easy, which is why it's so hard to start a new habit. But like you say, if you make it small and you make it so small that it feels really doable, then you start to build that habit. And once you've done that, you can build on it from there, can't you? Yeah. Which is exactly what I say when it comes to exercise as well, is just start small and but, build I mean, it, already. It can be frustrating because we live in mm. this world of like, swipe for the transformation. Yeah. Tap to see what it looks like. And we're so used to seeing instant changes, mm. instantaneous, like, ch- like massive change before and afters that it can be really frustrating just to go, okay, but it doesn't look any different today. I've got nothing to show for the gram. I don't really, you know, so I, I get it. It's, it is frustrating. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I know you've, you've got quite a few um, nice free printables on your website as well that people can go and print off just to give them kind of that helping hand or just help them to just focus on where to start. Yeah. Yeah. So it was really important for me because, because when I started it, I was in a bad place. It was really important for me to make sure that people had access to it mm. for free. Um, so it's on, it's on the website. They can go and down, they don't have to give me an email or anything. They, you just literally download it. And we've also got, um, a Facebook group as well. That's, that's really lovely. And we just need to look for the organized mom community on Facebook. And you don't have to be a mom, by the way, to follow along. It's, and it's just a really nice place. I think, I think we've got a hundred, we're closing in on 140,000 people now, which wow. is just absolutely, it's, it's out that's of this world. Yeah. Busy. But we have a wonderful team of moderators who who try and make it a really nice, safe space. So yeah, there's lots of support. Yeah, definitely. And and you know, I've downloaded your app as well. So I've got the app that I use sometimes. And actually, I really like your um your Christmas thing that you do every year. Yeah, like getting organised yeah. up to Christmas. I love that especially. Uh, and that's yeah. on the app as well, isn't it? Yeah, lots of people like that because again, I think very much like you. Like I just want people to have fun, relax you know, be as stress-free as possible. So try and get people to have a stress-free December by doing as much prep as possible in the autumn. And we always start it in September every year and everyone's like, September, I'm still on my sub lounge. (laughs) I'm like, you will thank me in a few weeks. (laughs) 
totally makes sense. It does. It does. Okay. Awesome. So um, you've already told us a little bit about, you know, the app and the um, principles in your Facebook group. Of course, people can buy your book as well, your books, yeah. should I say? Yeah. Yeah. So we've got three books. So we've got the 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 time book, which is all about timekeeping. We've got the housekeeping book, which is all about keeping on top of the housework. And then we've got the journal, mm. which kind of combines the two and you can keep it. It's like almost like a little command center in a book really so you can fill it in in yourself but yeah so that they're all out there but if you sort of find me on instagram and go to the little link it'll take you to all the all of the stuff that i can't remember when everyone asks me i'm like it's out there somewhere (laughs) it's fine we will but we pop all the links into the show notes anyway so if you need to find out where to go it's all going to be in the show notes after this as well so uh, people can find out more there so well thank you so much for joining me today Gemma it's been an absolute pleasure likewise thank you for having me so I really love it when I can bring you guests with some brilliantly practical tips for making your lives that little bit easier like I say we can't take away the household chores and the admin but I hope that listening to Gemma has helped you to see ways in which you can start to feel a bit more in control of that because when you do that it frees you up for other things in life whether that's more time to rest more time to exercise of course uh, time to take the kids out more or hopefully a combination of all of those things thank you as always for joining me today all of the details uh, for finding out all about Gemma are going to be in the show notes please do subscribe for loads more amazing content like this as well and I'll look forward to spending some time with you all again very very soon Thank you so much for joining me today for the Busy Woman's Guide to Fitness and Wellness. Don't forget to come over and join me on my social media channels at Alex Chickfit for plenty more inspiration.